Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Vampire Diaries Diaries, your weekly podcast of the trials and tribulations of the vampires and their friends and foes in Mystic Falls, Virginia. My name is Beth, and I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Claire, and we're here to bring you uh, more information about episode four, A Very Important Crystal. (laughs) (laughs) Also known as Family Ties, a much more boring episode title that I feel like most shows on the air have had an episode called that. Right? I think there was even a show called that. I think you're right. Uh, so we may remember thinking way back to last week or what was for us about an hour ago that the previous episode uh, featured Elena having a weird sexy dream about Damon. This episode opens with a dream where Elena is basically in a horror movie about a haunted house. Mm-hmm. She can like sense a presence and she's wandering around like, who's there? Who's there? What's going on? And she goes into the living room and on TV is this newscaster being like, the crazy animal attacks continue in Mystic Falls. Their latest victim is Elena Gilbert. Ooh. And she's like, bitch, I'm not dead. I'm right here. But then Damon comes in and is like, you know what happens next? And then we know at this point it must be a dream and we think it's Elena's dream. But then suddenly Stefan bolts awake in bed. He's the one having sexy Damon nightmares now. (laughs) He's so worried about Elena. He can't keep it in check. He's worried while he's awake. He's worried while he's sleeping. And it just doesn't bode well for our good friend. Yeah. Although in this instance, he had a little bit of help from his bro uh, we suspected last week that Damon might have been responsible for Elena's dream because the crow was in her window. But this time, Damon straight up says, Ooh, it was too easy to give you that freaky dream, Stefan. You gotta drink more squirrels. Oh, I forgot about that. Yep. So we're learning all these weird, like, idiosyncratic skills that Damon has. That he can infiltrate people's dreams. He has a crow familiar. Mm-hmm. He can make fog machines appear at will. I he, know. He, like, can produce dry ice from thin <laughs> There's no limit to the vampire skills. Yeah. So Damon doesn't, or Stefan doesn't take very kindly to this uh, mental intrusion. So he straight up just throws a knife into Damon's chest, just like, good morning. Yeah. And Damon's all like, all right, I guess I deserved that. And then um, Damon takes it out and they exchange words about how horrible Damon is and about how Stefan is a good person. And then Damon straight up stabs Stefan. So it's like, at least me and my sisters weren't vampires growing up because if we could stab each other without dying, I'm sure we would have. And it seemed pretty painful. Yeah. Just a couple of bros stabbing each other. Normal, typical Tuesday, really. Right. What I noticed is that it clearly didn't affect Damon as much as it affected Stefan. Yeah. Um, so I think that that is just another way that he's not quite as strong because he can't or doesn't drink human blood. Yeah. But the most important part of this scene is that after Stefan gets stabbed, he needs to pull up his shirt to examine the wound, <laughs> uh, which is just another in a long series of gratuitous ab shots. That's true. That was my second favorite part of this episode. Ooh. 
So, uh, also in the course of this conversation, we learn that Damon has covered his tracks a bit in regards of all the murders he's recently committed in this very small town. Oh, yes. He's somehow convinced everybody that it was a mountain lion, and then somebody caught the mountain lion. So everything's great now. And this means that Damon can stay in town without people being like, I'm pretty sure something other than an animal attack is happening. Right? I know. And how did he frame this mountain lion? That's the other thing that I want to know. This poor mountain lion was probably killed for these crimes. Right? But it's just trying to be a mountain lion, minding its own business. Not murdering anyone in the throat. And also, there are no mountains in Mystic Falls. Right? I, where are we? I don't even... Are there mountain lions well, Is it like the Appalachian mountains i don't know there are mountain lions not far from where i grew up in connecticut and i have seen one but um i don't know i i feel bad for the mountain lion that damon framed i'm gonna pour one out for you terrence the mountain lion (laughs) rest in peace my friend so sad all right, so what we then move on to is confirmation that the mountain lion situation has been handled because Elena and Aunt Jenna, who makes a triumphant return in this episode, are watching the news. Uh, Aunt Jenna doesn't really seem to care about the murderous lion that killed, like, five people. Uh, she's just really mad because the newscaster is her ex-boyfriend, Logan Fell. And they did not part on good terms. No. And she was like, that's the reason why I've left Mystic Falls. It's intense. I know. They must have had a really bad breakup. And then Elena was like, ooh, he's cute. But I don't think that he's cute at all. Yeah. A, he's just a bland looking white man Mm -hmm. who looks like every other bland white man who has ever whited. And (laughs) B, did I say one or A? (laughs) I don't know. B. To B. B. He broke your aunt's heart. Even if he was the fucking sexiest man alive, you would say, ew, he's ugly and he sucks, Aunt Jenna. You can do better. You don't say, oh, I would bang him. Right? Like, what the fuck? I know. Where is the girl code? Seriously. If if my nephew ever does that shit to me, I, well, I will still love him with all my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but I will be deeply offended. <laughs> You hear that, Levon? You better be careful with dating the Chicago area newscasters, Claire. Yeah, well, anyway. You don't want to wind up in Aunt Jenna's shoes. Yeah, so a little more backstory on Aunt Jenna, which is nice. I'm also glad to see that she is alive. Right? I wonder what happened, like, why she wasn't in the last episode at all. Maybe she she was on vacation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so uh, this gets interrupted. The doorbell rings, and it's Stefan. Elena doesn't even really, like, greet him. She just yanks him inside, and they start making out. Right? I was like, that's a risky move for a 16-year-old, like, before school. <laughs> yeah. Right? Gotta, w- you know, breakfast at Champions, man. I know. I mean, I'm all for, you know, morning activities, but come on, you're children. Well, Stefan's not. He's no. 145 years old. That's gotta be, like, super statutory rape, right? Oh, yeah. Anyway. <sighs> Well, they haven't boned yet, so it's okay. Uh, But they do end up in Elena's bedroom making out hardcore. Things are getting hot and heavy. It's almost as sexy as Elena's sexy Damon dream last week. (laughs) But 
suddenly Stefan stops because his face is getting all vampire-y. And that's something that happens when blood is around. So I'm like, did Elena just get her period? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> oh, right. Or, I know. Does he just thirst for blood when whenever he gets a boner? Because all of the blood has retreated elsewhere and he needs to replenish. Like, what's the deal? Whoa, you've thought about this. I really, that just came to me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's probably the latter. Although it could be that Elena got her period. You know, this is the life that we women live. But it's like so creepy when they get that vampire face because... Yeah their eyes get all dark and they get all sunken in and they look a little mad. So Stefan kind of had to pull himself off of Elena, take a minute to collect himself. And she was like, yep. (laughs) That's like, he was like, Oh, that got a little out of hand or something like that. We should slow it down. We should slow it down. And he's not being a gentleman. He's just attempting to not murder his girlfriend. That's true. Which is very gentlemanly in its own, in its own way. So, um, after that brief interlude, Elena's all like, so, you know what's coming up? And he's like, what? And she says, the founder's party. And he's like, oh, what is that? And she's like, it's very important. And I would like you to go with me. And he was like, it would be my pleasure to accompany you to the founder's party. So we know that there's this founder's party event coming up and that it's important to the town. Elena's excited about it. And um, Stefan will be accompanying her to the party. And meanwhile, I'm wondering, like, is this something to do with the beer? Like, (laughs) is this just a local annual party celebrating Founders Ale? Like, I don't know. But there's something going on with the quote unquote founders. I know. It's not very clear, like, throughout the whole episode, what exactly the party is. Yeah. But it's important. It is very important. All of our friends are there. So much shit goes down at this party, y'all. Yeah. And we're going to tell you about it. Before we get there. Mm hmm. Um, Elena is like polishing some old family heirlooms because apparently part of this really exciting party is like a historical exhibit and they need some of uh, the Gilbert family treasures to display and they're particularly keen on getting this pocket watch. So Jeremy comes in while she's polishing the family jewels and is like, we should sell it on eBay. <laughs> LOL. Um, but Elena's like, no, mom was really excited about this event. We got to give it to Mrs. Lockwood because apparently the Lockwoods of Tyler Lockwood fame are hosting said founder's party. Mm-hmm. And basically there's an entire stretch of the episode that just revolves around people inviting each other to this party. <laughs> so the next instance of that is, I believe, uh, with Damon and Caroline. Caroline is like, hell no, I'm not going to invite you to the founder's party. My mom's going to be there and she can't see me with you. But then Damon's like, vampire voodoo. Yes, you will take me to the founder's party. (laughs) And then Caroline's like, oh, wait, will you come to the founder's party with me? After Damon does that weird eye pupil enlarging spell. Um, But this part is interesting because Damon is laying in the bed reading Twilight and (laughs) complaining about how he sparkles when uh, Edward Cullen goes out and about how he's whipped by Bella Mm -hmm. and that he misses the good old days of Anne Rice because she got it right. It's so meta. 
I know it was really meta. I felt like it was breaking down the fourth wall a little bit there, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. I yeah. thought that that was a good shout out, and even this, though it's Damon also sucks. like the elephant in the room because the basic DNA of Twilight love triangle involving vampires and humans is also you know a founding principle of this show. But uh, we also get a bit of an info dump in this scene and also some kind of sad and dark moments with Caroline. Like, mm-hmm. she's obviously been brainwashed by Damon into not being scared, but she is aware that he is a vampire. So he's really just, like, put the Imperious curse on her, basically. But That's exactly <laughs> the best way to put Many it. Harry Potter references, apparently, today. Mm-hmm. But she is on some level aware of the danger of her situation, So she's looking at herself in the mirror and she sees these bite marks on her back. And she says, so are these going to turn me into a vampire? And I know you were curious about how people become vampires and you get a very quick throwaway explanation of it here. Exactly. Can you remember (laughs) what Damon said? I was trying to write it down, but again, I've had a couple of glasses of wine, so I might have missed it. But basically he's like, first I have to bite you and then you have to drink my blood, and then you have to die, and then something else has to happen? Uh, Basically what he said is that she has to drink his blood, then die, then feed on a human. Oh, okay. I wasn't that far off. Yeah, you were close. That sounds and I'm like sure a lot that's of not going to become relevant later at any point. Okay, good to know. Yeah, definitely. I, I already <laughs> forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then the like probably the probably the darkest part of the episode, they start making out and everything's cute, and then Caroline just gets very serious and says, "Are you gonna kill me?" And he says, "Yeah, but not yet." And she like smiles sweetly up at him, and it's just really tragic. It I'm was like, super tragic. Caroline's been a bit of a bee, but like this is horrible. I know. I that actually was like super bothersome to me. Like it was just really creepy and sad. Um, I, f- I feel you there. And, like, she knows that she's going to die, but, but she's, she's still, still going through all these motions. Yeah. But she's still, like, cheerful about it because she's been brainwashed. It's really fucked up. But <laughs> anyway, uh, we eventually get to the party. The entire fucking town is there. Oh, but we forgot about our third couple. Oh, yes. Uh, we have our uh, requisite scene at the Mystic Grill. Mm. So we know that Vicky works there 24-7 in addition to <laughs> going to school. just changed and also, the bar. <laughs> yeah. And also her neck is healing nicely mm-hmm. um, compared to last episode when she was still wearing the giant bandage over it. Um, so Vicky's at the restaurant and Tyler is actually there with his family. So they're sitting in a booth asking for the check and she says, here you go, Mayor Lockwood. Yes, because, Mm -hmm. uh, Tyler is the child of the mayor. Go figure, that entitled Jack Wad. Yeah, we learn a lot about, uh, the families of our main characters this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, Tyler's dad is the mayor, so they're like very important in the town and you can tell Tyler's just ignoring Vicky like he doesn't want his parents to know that they're a thing which is such a bummer especially like how he's treated her so far I guess it shouldn't really surprise us but he's like avoiding eye contact won't talk with her won't even hand her his glass of water to refill so just like come on Vicky get it together (laughs) get rid of this zero but then his parents leave, so he's like, hey, Vicky, what's the haps? Yeah, and she's all like, 
what are you doing for the Founders Ball? Yeah, she's pissed and then guilts him into inviting her to the party at his house. And then she's really happy. But of course, Jeremy is sitting at the bar by himself, just like eavesdropping on their conversation. <laughs> right? And just like and drinking like, sprites. Vicky, why do you keep making the wrong choice? You're just a dumb dumb and you know, like you deserve whatever you get. And she's like, fuck you. Again, and rightfully I so. I am also like, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, it's bad. So we get that situation. So now we have like our three main couples attending the party together. Uh, I guess there are a couple of other things that happen before we go to the party. And I think that we see um, Damon and Stefan back at Salvatore Manor hanging out with their nephew, Zach. Yes, we see Uncle Nephew Zach again. Um, he sasses Damon and is basically like, what, like, what the fuck are you doing here? And Damon just straight up zooms up and starts choking him and is like, you don't get to ask me stupid ass questions like that. Uh, yeah, and, and he was like ready to in. squeeze his eyes out, like R.I.P. Uncle Zach. Stefan just strolls and is like, he's like, what's going on? And <laughs> Damon's like, nothing much, just choking out our descendant you (laughs) and yeah uncle zach is understandably pissed he's like i'm not fucking okay this is not okay get your shit together Mm -hmm. damon fucks off to somewhere and stefan's like you know i want to handle this but i'm not strong enough to take him down on account of not being able to drink human blood and you kind of get the idea that there's something more about his decision to not drink human blood than just like a lifestyle preference. Right, yeah. He's very like, animate that he can't that he do can't, it. can't, or that he says that he can't do it, not that like it's his option. So yeah. super interesting. Ooh, I think I might see where this is going. Because what we just found out from Damon is that you have to feast on the blood of a human in order to become a full vampire. Mm. So what if, oh my God, you guys, what if Stefan is in like the middle phase and if he feasts on the blood of a human, faced vampire teen, right? Yeah. He's prepubescent vampire. Oh shit. I hope this is true. (laughs) That would be some like pretty good story, like telling and foreshadowing. I guess we'll have to see. Yes. All will be revealed. Um, but yeah, he and Zach are talking about ways that they can stop Damon from murdering everybody. And Zach is like, listen up, I have a secret that could help us. And he takes Stefan down into the basement and reveals like his pot garden. <laughs> except instead of pot, it's vervain, which according to Stefan hasn't grown in Mystic Falls since 1865, a year after Catherine 1864 had her picture taken. Oh, so I wonder if that's related. I don't know. But yeah, there's a secret stash of it. And they start scheming to use it to take Damon down because Ravain is very poisonous to vampires. I just wonder why nobody noticed the secret grow room in the basement basement i mean it's like kind of hidden behind other doors but it's also like if it has you like really strong lamps you would know it there's like a slat in the door right you could see in the room literally yeah i don't know damon is not very observant or doesn't go to the basement yeah i guess not so we see our first attempt of Stefan to get one over on damon the day of the party uh, damon gratuitously shirtless once again is going over his style options for the party. 
And Stefan's just sitting there, like, drinking whiskey, feet kicked up on the desk, like, really chill. So you Mm -hmm. know something's up. (laughs) Yeah. Stefan never relaxes. That's the first rule of being an in-between vampire. (laughs) Yeah, and they're having this conversation that's almost kind of friendly. Like, they're not really threatening to kill each other at all. Yeah, they're reminiscing about what we seem to think is the first Founders Party. or founder. What is it? Founders Party or Founders Ball? Uh, founders Party? I, I don't think know. So. Yeah, you guys talk know what about we're talking about. How they both attended the very first one and we learned that Stefan was there with Catherine, but that Catherine met up with Damon afterwards. Mm-hmm. She was getting it on the side. Yep. So, interesting uh, build-up of backstory about Catherine 1864. I just want to read Catherine 1864's biography right now. I just want to know, like, (laughs) what happened, when, where, and why. Well, I think when is 1864. (laughs) That's true. You're right. I don't need the when. We have known that it was 1864 from, like, the first scene of the whole show. (laughs) So, yeah, strangely sort of amicable conversation about the Catherine situation. And so Stefan thinks he's really doing well in this ruse. And Mm -hmm. Damon's like, oh, well, we're getting along. Let's drink to celebrate. And then he makes like he's going to drink some of the whiskey, but then pours it out. Yeah, like right close to his mouth. Like you thought he was going to drink it. But then he was just like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. That was the whiskey falling out of the glass onto the floor. Yes. Very realistic sound effects. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like, surprise, bitch, I know what you're up to. Try again, and better luck next time. Yeah, so then Stefan, like, doesn't seem that upset, so you're kind of like, oh, well, I guess Damon wasn't going to fall for it that easy. So um, Stefan's walking down the hall, and he runs into Uncle Nephew Zach, and Uncle Nephew Zach hands him this tiny vial, and he's like, he's like, hey, how'd it go? And Stefan was like, well, he didn't drink it, but he won't expect me to try again so soon. So he's got something up his sleeve, and it's a tiny little vial of vervain. <laughs> is it vervain with V's or vervain with VB? You know, it took me a long time to figure out that out when uh-huh. I first watched the show. I The first time I saw it, I thought it was verbena. That's what I have written in my notes yeah. for this episode, like lemon verbena. Yeah, then I thought it was vervain for a long time. It's actually vervain with okay. a V. Two Good V's. to know. Yes. So clearly vervain is going to come up again in the future spoiler alert totally (laughs) so yes we get to the party finally there's like a receiving line basically (laughs) with uh mr and mrs lockwood and tyler Mm -hmm. tyler sees vicky and he like runs away from the receiving line to be like let's go in the servants entrance right it's so sad because vicky's like looking up at the lockwoods And she wants to go through the receiving line main entrance like everybody else. But Tyler, like the piece of shit that he is, brings her around back. Ugh, so sad. So we see some of our other couples walking in. And um, we see that Stefan and Elena are waiting in line. And they wait specifically for the Lockwoods to be like, come on in. Then a couple other couples. And um, the same thing happens for Caroline and Damon, who are also attending the party. Uh, Damon doesn't cross the threshold because of the special vampire rule um, until he's invited in. Yes. And immediately after entering, Caroline spots a lady in a cop uniform 
she's like, oh shit, let me handle this demon. So we find out a little bit of information about Caroline's parents. So her mother is sheriff of Mystic Falls. Mm -hmm. She's at the party in uniform because she's technically on duty, although she's just abandoned the streets (laughs) and is hanging out at a party. Uh, Apparently there's a little tension between Caroline and her mom. She doesn't want to introduce her to Damon. And she uh, throws out this jab about how her dad is in Memphis with a man named Steve. Yeah. So there's like this tantalizing tidbit about Caroline's gay dad. I'm like, I need to see a spinoff about Bonnie's drunk grandma, and I need to <laughs> yes. see a spinoff about Caroline's gay dad. Like, right? why are these characters not on screen? They seem so much more interesting than some of the other chumps that we're stuck with. Agreed. I know. <laughs> Especially Bonnie's drunk grandma, yeah. who's Bring a descendant the of the Salem grandma. witches. Uh, yeah, so what happens next? Um, so part of what the Founders Party is, is a display of antiques that are seemingly important to the town. So we talked about how, um, earlier in the episode, Elena was like polishing her parents, um, wedding rings and also a pocket watch. Mm. So earlier, um, we saw that. Tyler came to pick up the items, but um, the pocket watch seemed to be wishing missing. (laughs) (laughs) Seemed to be missing. So Tyler's mom, uh, Mrs. Lockwood, calls Elena and she's like, yo, Elena, where's the pocket watch? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And Elena goes back to check with Tyler when they're still at their house. And Tyler's like, this is supposed to be mine. You mean Jeremy? Oh, Jeremy. (laughs) Good God. When will I know these characters' names? I'm sorry to all of our listeners. Jeremy is Elena's brother. Tyler is the asshole son of the Lockwood mayor and his wife. Okay. So basically, Tyler doesn't want to have the... Jeremy. Do you want to say what I'm trying to say? Jeremy doesn't want Elena to loan these family heirlooms to the Lockwoods. He's seeming to not understand that he will get them back eventually. But he's like, this is supposed to be passed down amongst the men of the family. And instead of being like, wow, that's sexist. I'm the older sibling. I should get the damn watch. Elena's like, well, you know, mom promised Mrs. Lockwood. What can I do? But at the last minute before going to the party, she has a change of heart and leaves the watch behind with Jeremy. Exactly. So the purpose of us telling that is because it it was kind of a big deal that it was missing from the party. Um, Mrs. Lockwood goes up to Elena and she's like, hey, did you ever get the... um, the pocket watch and Elena was like oh I couldn't find it in my parents belongings but there's all this other cool shit on display so there's like an old tea set there's a lot uh, Elena's parents rings a there's bunch a, of guns. a bunch of guns They're there's not a tiny replica guns. of a church an old box with something important in it um so we see Damon come in with Caroline and he's like, Caroline, stand in the doorway. Don't look suspicious. And he hops over and pulls out this old big crystal from the box. And she's like, hey, what is that? What are you taking? And he's like, I'm not taking it. It's mine. I put this here a long time ago. So we don't know what the crystal is for. But he says it's 
a very important crystal. He does say it's a very important crystal, which is why I previously christened this episode (laughs) a very important crystal instead of family ties. Yes, but much better name. But also of note in this display of historical artifacts is like a guest book, basically, from the first Founders Party. And what names should appear on that list but Stefan and Damon Salvatore... Elena's like, what? What does it mean? But Damon's like, the original Salvatore brothers who also were both in love with the same woman who died. What a coincidence. Yeah, and he ends up getting Elena alone because Caroline very emphatically says she's going to dance with Stefan and drags him away. Ah, yes. And uh, Damon is like telling her that history of the family and how it was tragic and this and the salvatore brothers were shot to death when trying to rescue the woman they loved from the burning church in that battle that we heard about in the first episode ah uh, yes in history class yes r.i.p mr tanner the one teacher they had gone <laughs> so soon so yeah there's a lot of backstory in this episode and it's all just kind of thrown at you and you know i've seen it a lot of times but i still forget yeah, it was a lot of background information, and I'm sure that a lot of it will come up again later. At least I hope, because if I'm expected to remember all the <laughs> shit that was just dropped on me, I'm screwed. Well, uh, a thing that kind of recurs in this episode is the concept of the founders. And on that same guest list, you see a lot of people who have the same last names as characters we know. So there's uh, yes. the original Mayor Lockwood, uh, the original Gilbert's. The Forbes family, which is Caroline's family, and the Fell family. Uh, we've just met Logan Fell. Mm. So apparently all of these families have been in this town for a really long time. Ah, uh, yes. And they just haven't expanded their horizons. They've stuck around and kept the same jobs. Because it was Mayor Lockwood, <laughs> right? Sheriff Forbes. <laughs> it, history just keeps repeating itself. I guess. Falls Village, or Mystic Falls is a magical Falls place. Falls Village. Yeah, so there's, like, a lot of machinations going on as well. Uh, Damon's sort of playing mind games with Elena. He purposely tells Caroline some information that he knows she'll tell Bonnie, which he knows Bonnie will tell Elena about how Stefan was really the evil one who tried to break up Damon and Catherine 1864 by playing tricks and manipulating them. Yeah, and telling... um... And telling Catherine 1864 lies about Damon just to try and break them up because he was jealous. Um, And Elena kind of takes it for truth, which is super weird. Like, I know that Bonnie is a psychic and stuff, but um, Elena pretty much immediately goes up to Stefan and was like, hey, why don't you tell me more about Catherine 1864? And he's like, oh, I really don't like to talk about it. And Elena's like, well, you don't like to talk about yourself much at all. Like, I don't even know that much about you. Girl, we've been telling you this for the past four episodes. You guys have been together for like a week. You don't know that much about each other. So Elena gets super mad because Stefan won't open up to her and tell her all of his romantic pasts. And he's like, listen, there's a lot of stuff that I want to tell you, but I can't. I can't tell you now. Maybe I won't ever be able to tell you. And Elena kind of gets pissed and kind of leaves Stefan on the dance floor. Yeah, the tiniest dance floor that I've ever seen. It can fit, (laughs) like, five couples. Right? 
it's maybe like this dancing little sad is a big plank in clothes. the middle of somebody's backyard. <laughs> but there are also like chandeliers hanging from the trees. It's a very strange decorating scheme on the whole, I'd say. It was. I feel like the secret woods area where they had the party in the first episode was better decorated <laughs> than the backyard in this place. But yeah. So I think my favorite part of, of the party is that at one point we just cut to Bonnie, who's literally just sitting at a table by herself. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently has been there the whole time because all her friends have dates mm-hmm. and she has no other friends. But she's so bored that she starts just staring at a candle and then it ignites and she's like, shit, which shit? Right? <laughs> I know. She's like, wait, did that really happen? And then she does it again. But like times a million. Oh, yeah. Because Mrs. Lockwood is berating some member of the household staff like, do you see a problem with these candles? They're not lit, you dumbass. Go get some matches from the kitchen. I know. And Bonnie is like, that bitch. Yeah, she honestly like, Mrs. Lockwood leaves the room and Bonnie's just like, bitch. Oh, yeah. She actually says it. Yeah. (laughs) I know. So... It's clear that Bonnie feels bad for the poor caterer that's being berated in, at this party. So she looks at the candle and she tries to light it. And she's like, oh, bummer. It seems like I can't do it again. So she turns her back. And as soon as she turns her back, that one candle lights. And then all of the other candles in the room light, uh, light up. So it seems like Bonnie's not only harvesting like her premonitions, but she's also starting to uh, be able to harness some of her other powers, like lighting a whole room full of candles on fire. If I could have the powers of like any character on this show, being able to make fire, that's way better than being able to like zoom out a window really fast. <laughs> that's true. And I it doesn't come with all the added pressure of like being mind. tempted by human flesh. <laughs> yeah, there's no hunger there. Well, that we know of. So, yeah, that's all just happening. Bonnie's having just her own life moment here. Well, none of her loved ones are there to share it with her. Right? I, I, when that happened, I was kind of hoping that, like, all of the other characters would just kind of die off and the, the whole show would become about Bonnie and her <laughs> superpowers. Yeah. But everybody else is too busy playing mind games with each other and being manipulated and thinking about Catherine 1864. Uh, But basically what we find out is that the Salvatore situation in 1864 was fucked up. There Mm -hmm. was a lot of murder. And there's a very important crystal. (laughs) Yeah, so Damon gets the very important crystal and he's like carrying it around and Um, He somehow becomes separated from Caroline and Elena runs into Caroline in the bathroom and they're at first they're like, hey girl, hey girl, how's the party? Um, But then Caroline is adjusting her little jacket that goes over her dress and her scarf and Elena sees like a bite mark on her neck, like a scar. And she's like, hey, Caroline, what is that? so Caroline's like oh it's nothing um I don't know she seems like very very confused um so then Elena goes over and kind of like looks under her jacket a little more and she sees like all of these bruises and bite marks that are kind of covering uh Caroline's body and she's like what is going on like 
what is Damon doing to you? How is this happening? Like, are you okay? And Caroline just kind of acts like super confused and kind of um, pieces out of there pretty fast without giving Caroline an ex or without giving Elena an explanation of what's going on. And then Elena immediately runs out to Stefan is like, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Damon is clearly a horrible person and whatever he said about you can't be true. Uh, he did this fucked up shit to Caroline and Stefan's just like, yup. <laughs> yeah, I know. Stefan's like, told you. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. And so Elena immediately flips right on back to being mad at Stefan. She's like, what the fuck? You know, this is going on and you didn't say anything to me and you're not <laughs> yeah. doing anything about it. He's like, I'm handling it. I know. That like, was girl, like, are you right? I know. Don't don't tell me my friends in there covered in bite marks and you hand and you're handling it. I don't think so. Also, it's strange that Elena doesn't find it unusual that it's bite marks. <laughs> it's like my friend is being abused by her boyfriend. That's fucked up. She's covered in bite marks. <laughs> Right? I know. I feel like she should make the connection between all of the brutal, like, bitings and also what Caroline is dealing with. Or maybe it's still too early. Apparently, Damon has been biting her on the back. Like, is he getting blood from her shoulder blades? Right? Yeah, that that was weird recreational biting and not for nutrition? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, Claire. Probably better because you know the world of the vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there's a secret vein right in your shoulder. Uh, So Elena's berating Stefan and he spots Damon dragging Caroline out of the party over her shoulder. So he's like, I'm really sorry. I have to go. But he just kind of disappears into the shadows and she leaves. And that was annoying because like they were in the middle of like kind of this fight and he could have just said I see Damon and Caroline I gotta go but instead he's yeah. just like got to go BRB. BRB yeah like like she's already mad at you bro like just give her a little bit of an explanation yeah but that's not the Salvatore way no it's broody and mysterious yeah but uh, Damon's pissed because he knows because uh, Elena on her way out to Stefan ran into him as like stay the fuck away from my friend you asshole And he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, apparently she learned something. So he's taking it out on Caroline. Like, how did she find out? Poor Caroline is like, I didn't tell her. She just saw it. And I didn't know what to say. So I said that you weren't hurting me, which was also really sad. Or like you didn't mean to hurt me. Oh, yeah. You didn't mean to hurt me. Uh, Heartbreaking. I know. So Damon's like, oh, shit. It's okay, baby. I don't blame you. Blah, blah, blah. But I'm sick of you now. And then he starts drinking her blood again. And he seems like he's ready to kill her this time. But then he starts gagging and choking. Yeah. And we're like, wait, what's going on? Like, why is this guy keeling over and seeming so sick? Um, And then we pan up and we see Stefan. And Stefan's like, I knew I couldn't poison you again. Um, But I could... I could spike her drink. Yeah, I could spike her drink. So what happened was he handed Caroline a glass of champagne. Caroline drank it. It went into her veins. Um, And then when Damon bit Caroline, he was infected with the vervain. And that's what made him keel over and be all like. Yep. So Stefan then drags him into the basement at the Salvatore Manor and locks him in the grow house. <laughs> I know. That doesn't seem like the best place for him, but although I guess it is because it's covered in vervain. Yeah. 
And so Stefan and Uncle Zach are like, yeah, we got this. Go team. And they basically, like, jump and high-five and freeze frame in minute. <laughs> they do. They're proud of themselves. I'm proud of them, too. Damon's been running rampant for too long, and Stefan wasn't strong enough to get him, so he had to use it. Yeah, he definitely really needed to be locked choice. in a basement. Right? I don't think this it. is the last of what we'll see of Damon, um, but at least he's out of our hair in the immediate term. Yes. And uh, poor Caroline sobs in Elena's arms, super confused about what's happening, and just very emotional, and Elena comforts her. Mm-hmm. And we end the episode on actually the Vicky situation. Uh, before all the poisoning, drink spiking, she has a moment in the backyard with Tyler where she's like, can we like go in the party? Can we dance? Can we do something? And he's like, no. And she's like, oh, I see. You're embarrassed to be seen with me and yet invited me to your house for some reason. I guess you just wanted to sneak me upstairs for a quickie. I know. And it was like so sad because you could tell that Tyler didn't want to take her around and Vicky was super upset about it. So when they're having this conversation, we kind of see Mrs. Lockwood approaching in the background and um, she comes up to Tyler and she's like, oh, um, hi, Tyler. Hi, Vicky. Vicky, I don't think we've had a chance to formally meet yet. And she was like, oh, it's OK, ma'am. I, I was just leaving. And, you know, Vicky kind of walks away and Mrs. Lockwood says to Tyler, this is what you get when you bring the trash to the party. Just a family of true gems. I know. We wonder why Tyler ended up so bad. Well, it's clear that his parents are the reason. Yeah. I mean, it's no excuse. It's just an explanation. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yes, uh, it's just a family of assholes. And Vicky is like, I've had it. It took a long time. It's probably weeks too late, but I finally pulled my head out of my ass to a certain extent. Not enough to fully, you know, understand that men are the worst and I should steer clear. (laughs) Because she immediately goes over to the Gilberts and just starts making out with Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy has to get up off the couch and stop playing Xbox for three seconds. So he's like, oh, the doorbell. But then he's super happy when he opens it because Vicky starts making out with him and that's what he's wanted all along. Yeah. So I'm kind of ha- I don't know. Jeremy sucks too, but at least he's not ashamed of Vicky. Yeah, like uh, Jeremy is the worst, but Tyler is also the worst. Yeah. So on like a relative scale, Jeremy is the better choice because he has never tried to rape Vicky and he is not ashamed to like bring her around places. So <laughs> I guess if that's your standard. Yeah. Yeah. It's a step in the right direction. Exactly. Um, and I think that if we jump back to the party for a second, um, another thing that happened is that Aunt Jenna. Uh, Mm. ran into her old flame Logan the newscaster so you kind of find out a little bit more about Aunt Jenna's backstory here because she's talking with Logan and he's like you know I came to your sister's funeral I'm so sorry you know I didn't find you because I didn't want to like pressure you but I wanted to be there for you and Aunt Jenna was all like what was her name? Monica. So you know that Logan cheated on her and that was one of the reasons why she left Mystic Falls. Um So Logan is kind of persistent in getting um, Aunt Jenna to agree to meet up for lunch. And we see that Aunt Jenna actually does want to meet up with him. Um, 
So that kind of sets the stage for maybe some rekindling there. Yeah. Make better choices, Aunt Jenna. Right? I know. You have a family to take care of. (laughs) You have two children to raise. Right? And they're cavorting with vampires. It's not a good situation. No. Somebody's got to get this family under control. Let me in there. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. That wraps up, like, all the party-related elements. But Mm -hmm. we end on this kind of shocking cliffhanger where all of the parents, plus Logan Fell gather together in like the history exhibit after everybody has left the party and they're all like we need that pocket watch you gotta get it from the gilberts and logan is like i have an in i can get the pocket watch and we're like what the fuck's going on i know sheriff forbes is like all these animal attacks we know they're back so it's like, what? Right? You think that Stefan and Damon and the vampires are kind of existing unknown. I mean, it's kind of obvious now that Damon's like going crazy, but but you don't see kind of the outside perception into their being around. So, yeah, that came as a shock to me. Um, and we were left with that cliffhanger. And now we have to wait a whole nother week to see what's going on. Yeah, and the fact that they say they're back, like, what happened in Mystic Falls before with vampires? Why do these guys all seem to know that vampires exist? And why do they want this damn watch so much? Like, there's a lot of mysteries here. And, and you know, what seemed like it was just all about, like, the teens having their drama, it's kind of expanding to this mystery of the town. Exactly. And I have to say, this is like the point when I first started watching where I was really hooked on the show. Like the switcheroo with Stefan spiking Caroline's drink, plus this cliffhanger. I was like, shit, I need to know what happens. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm definitely right there. Like the first two episodes, I liked them, be- but it was so much like um, just kind of getting to know who the characters are. But shit is picking up real fast, and I, and I want to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was... Quite an eventful episode, kind of a turning point, although there are about 80 turning points in every season (laughs) of The Vampire Diaries. Yeah, so as we discussed every episode, I've never seen the show before, so at this point, I think that I can make my first prediction of Mm. what I think is going to happen. Um, So as we discussed, the original guest list for the Founders Party was listed on the wall, and we see the Gilberts are there, and the Salvators are there, and the other folks as well. Um, it makes me worried that the Gilberts are in possession of this special uh, pocket watch, which seems to have something to do with keeping the vampires away, from what I could deduce from the last conversation um, between the Lockwoods and the other people that were left at the party. So I'm worried that um, the Gilberts, a.k.a. Elena, would be responsible for kind of keeping the vampires in check, a.k.a. Stefan. Mm. So is there's like a forbidden romance, like a feuding family Romeo and Juliet type thing? Or is it possible that Stefan could be trying to get close to Elena because he knows more than what the family, he knows more about their family history? Mm. So those are a couple of ideas that popped into my head. So I'm really eager to see how that plays out. Intriguing. Mm. Any other predictions about where this is going? Um, those were the two that came to mind. <laughs> All right. I think that I've had enough wine that any other ideas that I have are not suitable for um, our viewers, aka listeners. 
So what do you think of our two MacGuffins? We have the Gilbert pocket watch and a very important crystal. Where do you think those are, are heading? So I have no idea what the fuck the crystal is. Like he just took it and then he's like, this is very important crystal. So I really, <laughs> did they give us any other clues about it? No. Maybe I missed him. No. It's just very important. Yeah. So we've got the very important crystal. I feel like maybe that's used to ward off the magical pocket watch. Hmm. Um, but I feel like the pocket watch has to be some kind of like vampire catcher type tool because um, Tyler no, Jeremy was saying that it was passed down to the men throughout their generations of the Gilbert family. And if these bastards are looking for it when the vampires pop up again, um, that's the only thing that I could think. Yeah, solid theories. Good. No comments. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I guess we can move on now to who you want to punch. Yes. I think for this episode, it's really tough. I feel like I do have to ultimately just say Damon this time. Because, you know, the murdering people, he's a vampire, I get it. But what's going on with Caroline is really fucked up. The way that he has compelled her enough to be calm, but not enough to not realize that she's not in danger. Yeah. And just, like, really messing up her head, basically raping her by you know, compelling her to be in this relationship with him. It's just really grim, and he's an asshole. I know. Damon in this episode is, like, more of a bummer than he's been, and I totally agree with you. But he got his comeuppance, which was very satisfying. Yeah, I was really happy to see him thrown into the verve. The verve pipe? (laughs) The verve pipe, yes. (laughs) Not to be confused with the band. Yes. Uh, so yes, that is my answer to who you want to punch. I know that's who you chose last time. It is. And I didn't want to choose Damon two episodes in a row, even though I really wanted to. So I'm, I have two. I know Ooh. that we're, we try to limit it to one. Um, my first is Logan because he just mm. popped up out of nowhere. And we have enough assholes in this town to deal with. Like, that I cannot take true. one more. So I don't like how he's playing aunt jenna who's just trying to raise this new family i don't like how he says that he has an in um so that he could get the damn pocket watch it just puts a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach and i'm against it so i'd like to punch him now and get him out of the show yeah um aside from that i don't think that tyler could get away uh without a bad mention here or a punch to the face um the fact that he's so gross with Vicky and like has tried to rape her and gropes her while she's trying to work um and like talks gross about her in front of her brother but then he's too embarrassed to take her around his family or speak to her in public she in front of his parents. She should be embarrassed to see be seen with him in public. Right? He's such a jag. I know. He's the worst. Ugh. He's the worst. I wish that I picked him for who you want to punch the first episode. <laughs> he was barely in it, except for the rabies part. I know. <laughs> we should have taken that as a warning. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, some solid solid face punching potential in this episode. Uh, so we can transition easily, as usual, into why are men. Exactly. So why are men always trying to use women to get shit? Damon uses Caroline to get a very important crystal. Logan is trying to use Aunt Jenna to get the pocket watch. 
it's just a shit show. It really is. They're human beings, for God's sake. I know. They're not just agencies that you use to get different talismans that you have laying around this crazy town. Or me- uh, Yeah. Ugh. And I think that's part of what was so satisfying about the Bonnie part of this episode was that it so had nothing true. to do with any men. It was just like this young lady discovering that she can set shit on fire with her mind. Like, that is the show I want to watch. Exactly. That's why I said that I hoped all the characters die off. <laughs> Uh, so true. Yeah. And, you know, you know, there's the domestic abuse sort of allegory. Although not allegory, it just basically is domestic abuse plus mind control. Yeah. Which is very upsetting. Why are men? Why are men? One day we'll answer this question. <laughs> we keep getting more and more, more and more details every episode, and it's really gross. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Anyway, if we move on to brighter days, um, who'd you want to get together this episode, Claire? Who should have done it? Who should have done it? You know, that's an interesting question. Usually I have very strong feelings on this subject. Mm -hmm. It's hard to root for anybody in this episode. Like, I want everybody to not do it, basically. Let me think. Who would be a good couple? You go first. Sure. So I had very similar feelings this episode. I was like, I don't want any of these people to be physically intimate. Like, they have too much shit to work out. Um, So this is a little off of how we normally do the segment, but the people that I want to get together are Bonnie and her superpowers. (laughs) I just think that, like, it was so refreshing to see her kind of come to terms with her abilities and it made me so happy um so that's what we saw and that's what i wanted to see all right i respect that sweet i'm gonna say that i want damon to do it with a wooden stake (laughs) done not like in his butthole but in his heart oh yeah i know it's a little kinky I like to try to be a little more tame, a little more vanilla than this, but that would really turn me on. (laughs) He's the worst. He deserves it, especially after the shit that he pulls with Caroline, Mm -hmm. but also literally every word that comes out of his mouth. And he's so smug and horrible. Mm -hmm. Very self-satisfied. You know, he gets some funny quips in, but then he also abuses and murders people. Mm -hmm. Get it together, Damon. Catherine 1864 isn't worth it. She's not. The memory of her, while it's driving you to torment, it's not helping you at all. No. Well, on that bummer note, do you have any final thoughts about this episode? Well, I think that shit is getting really real, and I'm excited to keep seeing like how this compounds upon itself, because I'm just kind of sitting there like, oh shit, oh shit. Oh, shit. So I think that we're in for kind of a fast-paced show if I know the CW at all. So I'm kind of excited for that. Well, I'm taking a quick look over my notes, and I'm realizing I missed out on commenting on a couple of things. Uh, First of all, this very quick throwaway comment, which I never in the many times I've watched this show before have noticed, is when Caroline is telling Damon why she doesn't want to bring him to the party. She says, because her mother is a very proud gun owner. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that, nope. It just flies by with no comment. And I'm like, what the fuck? And you find out that, you know, she's the sheriff of the town, so there's some context 
And, like, that was really American. I know. It makes sense in Trump's America, but this was years ago. Yeah. This is, like, barely Obama's America. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah. And the other thing uh, was a bit of, you know, teen lingo that was almost as good as chill yourself. Mm. Uh, There's a part where Caroline and Bonnie are talking about Damon and Bonnie's like, oh, I don't know about him. I know he's like the older, sexy danger guy. And Caroline <laughs> says, and I quote, older, sexy danger guy. What is that? A witch Twitter tweet? Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> oh, was Twitter like really new at the time? And that was like a really cool thing to say. Like you had to specify that a tweet was on Twitter. A like Twitter you couldn't t- just say, what is that? Like a witch tweet, which also doesn't make any sense. But to preface it with Twitter tweet was amazing. Yeah, it was like clearly some people who were over 30 trying to write what the teens were talking like. <laughs> totally. So yes, I didn't want this uh, episode of the podcast to end without acknowledging that wonderful moment. Of course. Thank you for reminding us of those, Claire. Those are two of the really good moments of the episode in which a lot of bad shit happens. Yes. We gotta have some light in the darkness. It's beautiful. Well, I think that that takes us to the end of this week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries. I'm looking forward to the coming episodes. I personally do know that a lot of shit is going to go down, and I'm very excited to see what you think of it. Me too, Claire. Me too. (laughs) Have a good week, everybody.